What's up everybody, Religion of Speed, Matt here. Today we got another sermon episode, and today I want to talk about something that hits really close to home, especially today. And that's the fact that when it comes to cars, everything always seems to be right down to the wire. Oh man, what's up guys? This is going to be another sleepy cast from me on this sermon because it is late. See, unfortunately, as things usually go with everything involving cars, everything came down to the last minute. See, grid life is tomorrow, actually. Grid life starts in like 10 hours, not even. And I'm just recording a podcast, so, you know, procrastination. It was also just life getting in the way and the fact that I had to put a upgraded radiator in the Fiesta. Unfortunately, the 2014 Fiestas do apparently have some cooling issues, and in 2015, Ford upgraded the radiator, or redesigned the radiator to get rid of any issues. They also put in a lower temperature thermostat, but eh, I didn't have time to do that. Anyways, ordered a Mishimoto radiator, and of course, UPS being UPS, it got delayed. So the thing that was supposed to be done Wednesday night, wait, Tuesday night, I keep thinking today's Friday, that has now been pushed to today. And of course, I had to do it after work, and it's now like 11 o'clock. Luckily, the install went pretty smoothly. I don't have AC now because, I don't know, one of the seals is probably leaking. I recharged it, but whatever. I'll deal with that later, even though it's July and I really want my AC. I'll deal with it later. (laughs) For whatever reason, when it comes to cars, it's always crunch time. It doesn't seem to matter how well you plan. There's always stuff to do right at the end. Like you can make sure your car is fully prepped a month ahead of time. It doesn't matter. Something will break. Something will come up. You'll want to tweak something. It just, for whatever reason in this hobby... We're always strapped for time. You know, there's the saying in life, everything costs time or money. Well, cars cost both. I don't know how we managed to do that, but we did. So we constantly find ourselves running out of time. I know I do for sure. And that's why, once again, I'm here late at night recording a podcast. But at the same time, weirdly enough, late night working on the car, in the shop, by myself... I was fine. I was happy. Like, I wasn't really that frustrated. Now, the install went smooth, so that was good. If the install went bad, uh, I probably wouldn't have been so happy, especially with it being last minute. But when everything goes right, it's like, okay, we have problems, but we can take care of them. And correcting the problems is part of the reason I think we all like cars. It's a problem-solving thing. It's a taking a thing that shouldn't do a thing and making it do the thing. And it's really not until I talk to non-car people that I kind of realize how insane this hobby is. There's nobody out there that knits, that stays up late on a Thursday night knitting a sweater because they're got to get ready for a knitting competition. There's no, like, there are other hobbies with similar things to cars, but I just don't think there's many to this, the same extent. You know, sports, I think, is a good analogy. But even then, most, you know, amateur sports, anyways, don't get to that level. Yeah, if you're a pro, you're going to probably be training like crazy. But amateurs, you know, you can 
take two hours off the night before a big game. Like you're not going to be training right up to it. So it's just, it's a strange hobby. It's a strange thing. In fact, when I came home, there's a, a guy that lives a few doors down from me that has been working on his, his car and he's there super late on a weeknight doing stuff on his car. And I just cannot think, Oh, his friends over too. That's the other thing. What other hobby <laughs> exists that you're like, man, do you want to come over on a weeknight until super late and help me put together this puzzle? No, I didn't think so. Or like, I'm using really lame analogies for hobbies because I don't know what other people do for hobbies. I've been so out of touch with reality for so long. But I've ranted on for long enough. This being a sermon, I need to give some sort of advice. And I'm kind of doing this by the seat of my pants right now because I did not have time to plan. Normally with these sermons, I have things written down in advance. This one, I was just like, well, I got to do it. So here we are. So what do we do when we run out of time? Well, first of all, you should probably plan a little bit better so that doesn't happen. But if you're like me, you're a procrastinator, things get away from you and you end up in situations like me. So I think the best thing to do, and it's kind of shitty advice because I've always hated this kind of advice in the past, but you have to try not to stress about it. Like at the end of the day, most of us listening to this aren't professional racers. So you have to go with the, the stoic approach of what could be the worst possible outcome and you prepare for that outcome. So the worst possible outcome for me tonight was car doesn't get done and it's taken apart and I can't get it back together because something broke. That is worst case scenario. Well, if that's the case, then I'm not going racing tomorrow and I can try to figure out a solution tomorrow. And if it works, cool. We have two more days left in the event. If it doesn't, oh, well, I'll still go to the event. I'll still have a good time you know, talking to people, watching racers, uh, doing all, I don't know what is going to go on at grid life. I am honestly excited to see what happens at grid life, but that's worst case scenario, right? Like I can borrow a car to get down there at least like that's not a big deal. So when you start to realize that worst case scenario really isn't that big of a deal, you stop stressing about it you end up going, okay, well, anything better than that, we already know we can deal with the worst case, so we can deal with anything other than that. So like when when I got done with my car, for whatever reason, the AC stopped working. Like I said, I, maybe I said that. I'm kind of delusional. It's a little late. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyways, the AC is not working now. That's the point I'm trying to make. I did have to take the, one of the high side lines off to get the radiator in because this radiator is so much thicker. It's two and a half inch core compared to the one inch core from the factory. It was a bit of a tight fit. Anyways, usually when you take AC stuff apart and put it back together, if you don't replace the seals, they're going to leak. So I'm assuming that's what happened. But I was kind of freaking out because the way I test cooling fans, I want to make sure the cooling fans are working, is you just turn the AC on high and it should turn the fans on. Well, it didn't, and I didn't realize the AC wasn't working. I just knew the fans weren't working because I wasn't actually sitting in the car. 
So I was all freaking out, trying to figure out why the fans weren't working, hooked up a scan tool to see, you know, do I have any codes? And then I was like, hmm, this AC doesn't feel very cold. That's when I realized it's fine. I could program the fan on, but the scan tool works fine. But, you know, that's kind of freaking out at the end there. But at the same time, I was like, okay, it's like 930. I still have time in the night if I need to. I can figure this out. And if I can't, then we'll figure it out tomorrow. We'll get it working and we'll go racing on Saturday. So that that kind of stuff helps me keep everything level-headed. Not to say I'm the most level-headed person in the world. Anybody that works with me knows that is not true. Especially when it comes to cars. Cars can be completely frustrating. But that's like the only piece of advice I can give right now is to keep some perspective with it. And to plan a little bit better. Plan ahead more um, as much as you can. But parts can get broken. Parts can arrive wrong. I, I will say, Mishimoto, you got to work on your fit and finish a little bit. I had to do some work on that thing to get it to fit. The cooling fan module is supposed to bolt into the fan shroud. And there was just a big goober of aluminum weld keeping that from happening. For as much as I paid for that radiator, that should not be a thing. So, I don't know. I'll, I'll give the full feedback of the Mishimoto radiator a little bit later. I'm sure it's going to cool just fine. But the fit and finish was, eh, it left some stuff to be desired. But that's neither here nor there. I'm ranting now. But I've said before, these are more just me ranting than anything else. And trying to give at least some advice. And the other thing I wanted to touch on real quick, and it does kind of tie into the stoicness of, you know, what's the worst that could happen type thing, is I had some things happen today. They were kind of personal things, so I'm not going to get into it here because they're not car related. But that made me kind of realize the old saying by Gretzky, that you know the one, the office made it super popular. You miss 100% of the chances you don't take. And I think that's really true. And that kind of applies to the crunch time thing we were just talking about earlier. Because let's say there's an event that comes up that you didn't know about. Let's say you didn't know grid life was happening until like Tuesday. You're like, shit, I want to go. That sounds amazing. But oh man, I don't know if I'm going to have enough time to get the car ready for it. Well, you miss 100% of the chances you don't take. Try it. Try to get it done. If you don't, whatever. It's not a big deal. If you do, you can go and you can race and you have a good time. So don't defeat yourself before you've started and don't be afraid to fail. That's going to be a common thing in your car career, if you will. Like failure is going to happen. There was a great article I just read recently and kind of to summarize, it went on about how this hobby isn't easy. It's you're going to bust your knuckles. You're going to be cursing. You're going to be frustrated, but you should do it anyways. And I just kept coming back to that. Just do it anyways, because the highs are really high and the lows are really low. So there you go. That's, I'm going to make this one a little short. I'm going to condense it into, try to condense it right now into a cohesive thing, because I know I've just been rambling now for 12 minutes. So when you find yourself in that crunch time, in that 11th hour or 12th hour even, and you don't know what you should do, 
take some wisdom from the old Stoics and think to yourself, what's the worst thing that could happen here? And prepare for it. Or realize it's not that bad. And then, do it anyways. Take that chance, because you do miss 100% of the chances you don't take. So you may be tired, you may be grumpy, you may not get it done. Or you might. You might have that victory. And the little victories are what make this car hobby great. I'm going to cut it there. I need to go to bed. I need to get ready for grid life. Hopefully I see some of you guys there. I'll be wearing my Religion of Speed t-shirt with the Orange Fiesta. If you see me, come say hi. And if I don't see you, well, you'll get to hear my voice again on the next episode of Religion of Speed. Until then, peace. Peace.